This episode is brought to you by KG Productions for Krishna Nose. Narad Bhakti Sutra. This is uh, Sutra fifty-eight onwards. I think we have completed till fifty-seven. So today it is a little about practice. How do you practice devotion? So a slight idea about it. So Narad Bhakti Sutra, Sutra fifty-eight. Then all other paths. That is the yogas. Devotion is readily available and easily attainable. We have discussed many paths before, Sankhya Yoga, and so forth. And in these paths, it is mentioned that it's a little tough to get into those paths. Why? Because a lot of pre-qualifications are required. the path of devotion is not like that anybody and everybody is eligible it's like a you know you can go to that anybody can come to india how many people can go to other countries now simple state statement over here which means that it is readily available and easily attainable devotion is readily available you are not seeking you are not there is something like a seeker in the path of sankhya yoga you have to be a seeker you are trying really very very hard there are lots of qualifications there now what are the qualifications of a sankhya yogi you need to know how to read and write at least correct if you are going to read some scriptures or some things which uh, which your guru is teaching or maybe you don't have a guru and you are just reading from the scriptures you look at the words over there and you say oh my god i can't understand anything then you are not suitable even for that path to become suitable to become qualified for sankhya yoga there are lots of restrictions there you have to follow what is called as a strictness of regime you have to get up you have to become disciplined you have to know your languages you have to know the meanings you have to have a control over your diet there are too many requirements out there for karma yoga practicing karma yoga is again very difficult because how do you perform karma without getting into karma is tough any action that you perform culminates into a karmic action now lot of effort is required to stop that kind of an action what is this karmic action karmic action is that which keeps you in a loop you are constantly stretched you are saying that oh i don't want to do this but then but then too many of buts and thens ifs and buts as they call it in the sankhya yoga 
there is a regime where you may have to visit the ashram of a great saint or a master or a guru maybe you have to stay put over there maybe you have to listen to a lot of things you have to perform rituals tasks are to be done you name it to too many things that are involved in that most of the yogis who are on the path of sankhya yoga tend to fall very soon because how much can you keep up with this the strictness that is required the actions that are done over there you got to be very very strict you have to stay alone you have to practice and the practice are very very severe the severity of practice can be it's like maybe if you, if you are doing a japa you have to do it so many number of times and it has to be done in a very very correct manner if you are turning the beads you have to turn them properly you can't be doing too many other things while doing that that means concentration is so very important you got to focus you got to be there in that path along with it a few other things are prescribed meditation breathing pranayama or various types of yoga these are certain practices that are there if you recollect my previous day satsang in the bhakti mark uh, even the vedas are to be eliminated so there is nothing called a practice as such practice of certain rules regulations in the strictness that may come along with the other path this path has nothing devotional path is sweet and simple anybody can achieve it it's not that anybody can achieve it see even if you have to go to other countries you require at least a passport isn't it so here also a little bit of <laughs> that entry point is there but it is not so tough it's not tough at all all other paths that is of yoga devotion is readily available why is the path of sankhya or karma not readily available do you know the reason why you need a guru you need a spiritual master over there otherwise how are you going to practice if i tell you every day get up at this hour and do your you know pranayama or meditation or this and that hardly anybody is able to achieve that on a very clockwork kind of a regularity and the spiritual master is needed because at least you need somebody on your back otherwise to perform those actions is very tough and then who is going to explain to you what is there in that the different kinds of yoga that are there there is a path which is i have just named two of them like i said you know i don't want to name too many of them but there is a path of tantra also you know the amount of control that you got to have in that path is not so easy 
when you are under a master at least there is a certain amount of decorum a control of you know a path which can be easily trodden upon most of the time i am asked this question how to find the guru <laughs> you don't find the guru the guru finds you it's other way around but then are you supposed to give up that quest the quest should never be given up for a simple reason if you are not searching how are you going to find it also in the first place it's not it's not going to fall in your lap no suddenly from somewhere hey you come here i am your guru come here it's not nothing like that happens so for that search we need to at least put in some efforts what are the efforts where do i start where do i begin is a question many people ask me where do i begin i tell them why you want to get into mental gymnastics okay simplest thing is go read a story book simple story book of a saint and maybe you know if you have the time and the energy go read the bhagavatam or listen to it somewhere and today we have so many means isn't it we have means of going to youtube or google and searching for the questions and answers and yes sometimes we find them sometimes you stumble across something so when you do that the answer will come to you slowly and steadily so the first thing would be to go for the simplest method attainable by you what is it read story book maybe watch movies there are lots of serials going on you can watch those serials visit holy places that is also possible i can i think when you visit holy places a certain amount of aspect dawns in you most of the scriptures in india are in sanskrit at least a basic understanding of that language is needed whereas sankhya yoga is concerned if you don't have then it's a little bit difficult because you are going to get a secondary explanation which doesn't even conform to what is written because one word is saying something and in some other language the word is saying something else and both the words don't coincide and then if you sit in front of some sanskrit pandit he is going to trash you okay he is going to say hey what you are saying is all wrong okay <laughs> so you need to have the basic at least some basic understanding of the language once you have that understanding then you can read slightly tougher texts get involved in a certain amount of activity you will find that most of the places there are you know classes they have gita yagya going on this happening that happening many places in india we are full of those maybe you can join those no but i think uh, if i say something like this people think that no we have to do that ashtanga yoga you know that class that is there in 
Haridwar and Rishikesh and all those places, fancy places. Have to join the class. Okay. And yeah, you have to go and pay in dollars over there. <laughs> they don't take money this way. They have a per day charges and the person who is going to teach you is a yoga teacher. He is that Hatha Yoga teacher. Okay. He, the knowledge is very minimal. That is not the class I am talking about. That class doesn't teach you anything. In most of the cases, people end up joining a Hatha Yoga class. A certain amount of pranayama is thrown, a certain amount of meditation is thrown, and a certain amount. And the moment you have these two things coming together, it is called by some name, very much particular to the person who is bundling the software for you. Okay. He will call it by some strange name and he will say, this is discovered by me, this is found by me. Nobody can find it. Nobody discovers it. It is a breathing exercise. It's a meditation. If I call it by some name, doesn't make any difference. Yeah, you can go and patent it all I care, doesn't matter. But even patenting it, okay doesn't make a difference and these are the specific requirements there there are gradations you have to become initially you know you do part one then part two then part three then part four and then you divert yourself to some other then some other then then some other and if you are ready if you are ready in all these things you know your gymnastics very well Okay, then you become a teacher and then you can go and charge your customers. So you get teacher certificate there. This is not yoga. Yoga is a simple path of union with God. Alright, there is no need of investment. You have invested in classes. You have invested in lot of lectures and activities and God knows what all things. Frankly, it is not needed. A person can become the highest of the yogi by sitting in front of a great spiritual master. In the past there were masters and people just sat in front of them. Those spiritual masters never even cost a dime, you know, to go and sit over there. Look at the great masters that have gone. I don't think you can say that they have an entry or an exit and they had to give their entire antecedents of what you are doing. Name the top 10 masters of all times in the last say 200 years. You will understand what I am speaking. There, these great masters, a person sat just in front of them. They spoke some words. Enlightenment happened to them. Some of them. Some of them 
I mean most of them did not become enlightened but they became devotees we are discussing devotion as the easiest of the path no money required in the other two path money is required very much required so like the first path which i am telling you about you join classes so on and so forth i said let us take the top 10 you know masters of the last so many years we have been discussing 12th century 15th century 16th century masters let us come down still further still further down spiritual masters from yonder like say for example you know chinmayananda or shivananda maybe we can take ramakrishna paramahansa also maybe 18th 19th century but still we can take his name ramana maharishi do you think ramana maharishi would have charged some okay for entering my place you have to give so much of money nobody asked he never asked but haven't great people sat in front of him not spoken even one word to him and yet have become great masters today some of them are alive some of them are dead and they have a huge following not that they don't have sai baba he also had so if you go towards the north also like i gave you all stories none of these people ever asked their devotees to do anything specific so sankhya yoga is a path where you may have to invest a lot first is yourself you may have to sell yourself first you know what selling yourself means you have to become a renunciate most of the time you know just renounce and maybe walk to the himalayas or some such place and maybe join some group maybe join some ashram or do all kinds of courses maybe they'll initiate you or do something like that now i want you to think very carefully did these names which i took say you know ramkrishna ji or chinmayananda or my chin forget chinmayananda but uh, ramanna maharishi or various uh, tukara maharaj or whoever 16th 17th 18th 19th century do you think any of these people actually initiated anybody the answer is doubtful i don't think they were initiated anybody and even if they initiate did they ask anybody to do something specific no these are enlightened beings please remember this i am not talking of some ordinary human beings no i am not talking about that enlightened human beings we did a story of i think samarth ramdas a little story of his also an enlightened human being okay a great master what did he tell shivaji he told shivaji you chuck everything come with me let us go and beg in the streets did he take even a penny from him never never he never took a penny 
there are certain other saints also as we go along you will find that even i have mentioned about nityananda swami of you know mumbai very close to uh, vajreshwari as we call it and uh, if you go to hubli also there there is a very beautiful math over there siddhrudd swami is there there are swami jis in other parts of india in maharashtra karnataka goa everywhere they are but i have never heard these people charge anything or tell you to do some course or anything there is nothing like this if you have to be on the path of sankhya yoga then you got to sit with those massive texts you got to learn them you got to know this by heart for you got to have a memory a little bit of those gray cells should have a memory component in them have you seen me half of the time i forget the names also see so i can't be a sankhya yogi for that matter but most of the time i have to remember what are the names that i have to think of because i am not following that path at all now we come to the karma yoga part a karma yogi is a very very strict disciplinarian he also gets up very early he performs his ablutions to the tea he does all kinds of activities connected to becoming a karma yogi he also visits temples he also has knowledge about scriptures he is very clear he has knowledge about scriptures he will follow the ephemeral the calendar that is there he will say oh today is this tomorrow is that and i will do this and i will do that but his criteria is he is not supposed to be focusing on the results that is a little bit difficult again isn't it you do everything and you say i am not focused on the results is a bit difficult hmm? many how many stories have you read in the past where the god stands in front of the person and he asks what do you rec- what do you want my dear sir and he says you know what i i don't need anything but you see can i have one child oh you are still asking for it you got the answer if you are a karma yogi why are you asking for a baby why are you asking for anything it's free 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 karma yoga is free 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 let me refresh your memory most of the time the answer is there is no child written in your life the yogi the great master whomsoever they have met they will say these words you know there is no child written in your life and the person might have become old or might be barren might not have any inclination and yet they are asking for children so where do you think this person is going to give this god or this saint or this sage where do you think he is going to give he is carrying a jolly he is going to pull out from the jolly one child and give oh yeah take it you can't do that but yet they give they say okay you will have a baby come on that person cannot be a yogi at all anybody who goes and begs in front of somebody 
god or a deity or a saint or a sage or whatever can never be following any path all right that means you are disqualified all the sankhya yogis cannot stick to their schedules cannot stick to their yogas cannot stick to the patrata also they are not even suitable for that they fall down in i still remember shankaracharya's beautiful chakra that he had made you know and it is now consecrated in shringeri you know the amount of effort that went into creating that you have to be like shankara how many people can beat shankaracharya in that sir today if they are giving you an amulet they are giving you some chakra they are giving you some i don't know pyramids and god knows all kinds of stuff which they market it do you really use your brain are they greater than any shankaras of this world so what makes you think that that thing is going to draw some energy from somewhere i was listening to youtube and there is one ad which comes in the middle suddenly ting like that and some foreigner is talking about you know the whole world is energy there is energy right around us boss everybody knows there is energy we have learnt it when we were in school potential energy kinetic energy all kinds of energies are there don't tell us that there is energy yes it is inside me also i eat also yeah 2000 kilo calories of energy 1200 to 2000 yeah, i must be eating more what energy are you talking about somewhere in the air a little bit of understanding has to be there if you are thinking in terms of energy i should be getting it just now in my hand you know no it doesn't work like that so all these things which are supposed to be bundled marketed and dished out to people in the path of sankhya or karma yoga kindly chuck them out of the window nothing like that ever happens okay so these path are difficult and you are getting conned by it why would you want to follow that path see this path are they readily available first tick that thing is it readily available the answer is no cross it out this path are not readily available if it is not readily available you know it's like a beautiful girl and you know she is not going to even look at you look at your face first thing and do you think that she is going to come and look at you no no so and that path is like that she is not even going to look at you now i reminds me of that movie om shanti om you know om shanti om was a movie and sharukh khan he stands over there he's trying to draw the attention of the heroine you are like that and finally what happens exactly like that you cannot even draw attention of the person that is going to teach you can you understand this so if you are getting a mantra free of charge you know like oh here take it take it take it take it take it take it 
or if you are getting initiation as if it is like a, so easy to uh, did you get initiated yeah did you get oh uh, yeah you got yeah uh, they initiate about 5000 people in a year you know oh my god 5000 people in a year or even 100 in a year I don't know of any Sai Babas or Ramakrishna Paramahansas or Ramana Maharishis who even initiated one or two. Just now only I told you. If somebody is initiating, I, I don't understand what path are they talking about. You really think you are going to get anything out of that path? The answer is zero. You are doing Narad Bhakti Sutra. I told you. Even the Vedas and the Shastras, you check them out of the window. This is not required in devotional path. Don't even come over here thinking that I know these things. If you don't know Sanskrit also, perfect. You are eligible. Tick eligibility. Tick eligibility. Everything is eligible. Have I told you that even if you are eating non-vegetarian, you are eligible. Tick. You are eligible. I was seeing one video today morning and that person is telling about, you know, you were talking about some nice food that you get in Puri, in some of the temples in Puri and all that. And he says, you know, in India, there are certain temples where they cook fish also because the God loves fish. Ramakrishna Paramahansa himself liked the delicacy of fish. Okay. Sai Baba of Shirdi would eat most, most of the other uh, non-vegetarian items also. He himself would say, na, okay, okay. <laughs> I mean, just imagine that. There is no qualification here. There is nothing like you should not eat onion or chilies or this or that. You eat what you want. Devotion is a path where there is no such requirement. Onions and uh, garlic and chilies and all those things. Of course, nobody cares. Did you understand? No qualification as far as that is concerned also. Nothing like that. So we come to the next thing. Alright. So we move to the next verse. Sutra 59. Because love depends on no other proof. It in itself being the nature of the proof. Love is self-evident. There is nothing required for proving that you are in love. Yesterday, some few days ago also I said to you, you know, you don't have to give some expensive presents. God is not interested in your expensive presents. I told you, there is no money involved here. Second, you don't have to go and prove that you know this verse and you know that verse and you know these scriptures and you know that scriptures, you know... Nothing like that is required. It doesn't even say that you have to be qualified like that. You don't know the language? Perfect. I am happy you don't know the language. You don't know how to read the scriptures? Absolutely no hassles. Don't even read the scriptures. Sir, I don't know how to sit for meditation and yoga. Oh, there is no meditation here. And there is no yoga also. This yoga is called union with God. Union with God only with love. So the union with God is an activity which is connected to love. No other union required. No classes to attend. The only thing that is mentioned over here is 
to be a devotee can you just be in love with and this is what it means because love depends on no other proof there is no proof required you don't have to prove to anybody that this is what i qualified it see i have a certificate to prove like i said you know if if you are joining those classes for all those other yogas do you think if you have completed the first level of that classes which they are talking about you think you can go out and teach people you know the classes which they teach even in the haridwar and rishikesh and all those places they will say you got a teacher training certificate one big one big certificate you can hang it in your everything and it is not even valid by the way nobody cares for it but yet you can say you know see i am a teacher of yoga i have done my teacher training course in in this yoga of devotion of bhakti marg what certificate you are going to give nothing the one certificate which you will give is uh, allah ke naam pe de de baba you understand it's a simple thing there is nothing required so there is no proving it there is nothing like that there has to be a certain methodology in method there is no method does love have any method to be in love does it have any method no there is no method involved in that it is just self evident you know you look at a person who is in love you know he will close his door he will sit in the room he will be crying he will be writing notes he will be always on the phone you see now local and our uh, normal kind of a lover lover boy he will be having those pink color you know glasses he is going to be uh, lost in that is exactly like that this man is crazy it is self evident you look at his face and you will say oh this guy is mad you know he cries just at the name also the drop of the name when he listens to the song he goes gaga so this person is so self evident it it can be visible it is visible it is seen it is there right staring at you in your face and then you say oh this is so simple you know no qualifications no special uh, treatment here also I just and by the way uh, do you need any guru to tell you i mean think about it in all the other cases i said there is a guru required in this do you think there is somebody called a love guru over there who is going to teach you no sir the guru over here is the divinity himself the guru over here is the divinity himself he is the master of love you understand he is love incarnate himself why does he need to say something so this is the truth this is what we got to know here and then we have the sutra 60 which says also because love is the nature of peace 
and it is of the nature of supreme bliss to be in love with divinity with god the person is very very peaceful peaceful in the sense he is calm composed peaceful when i speak of madness i am talking about the madness of devotion this person otherwise is like a simpleton simpleton he doesn't have any how bhav he doesn't have that kind of a nature oh i am like this it's nothing like that he doesn't show any special you know qualifications anywhere he doesn't even put on some special clothes he's dressed simply like i said you know the varkaris they are dressed so simply they have a dhotar you know dhoti and they have a kurta and they have a peta the thing that you tie and they're just walking with simple chappals that's it maybe they may not even walk like that they don't have any special kind of a look in them they are very they are they can be easily mistaken for an average person on the road side now look at all the babajis that you have in india all those who follow some path here or the other sometimes you meet them in the flight also they want special treatments they cannot sit with the you know other crowd if they are going on a journey they want to be you know one one big full mala and this and that all these are show a devotee who is lost in the lord is so peaceful and quiet he is insignificant person in front of all the other people he follows his path right inside where he is in his own home he may be just a simpleton he may be completely you know crying to the lord sitting like they say in ramkrishna paramahansa's case it is said that he would sit in his machhardani which is that mosquito net and he would be crying away he doesn't show it to anybody if that person has a master a spiritual teacher the spiritual teacher is also equally like that he is like a simple human being there is no distinguishing him from any other person he may be wearing torn clothes you understand he may be wearing torn clothes he will be sitting even on the road side he may be just you know sitting bang on the ground doesn't want anything special may just roam around like a simple fakir and there is no show anywhere so this person is the nature of peace is peace incarnate peaceful and it is the nature of supreme bliss the term bliss is a very strange word 
bliss is like a, a ultimate kind of a happiness now happiness joy all those but when you are happy there is an opposite called sad sometimes you are happy then you are sad happiness is temporary in nature it doesn't last for long i was reading about a a legend today early in the morning and this man is married to a the supermodel a supermodel of this world and they were married for 2 years and she one day wrote a letter to him saying that when you have the season you are going and playing you earn millions and millions of dollars he is a superstar okay there and then when the season is not there you come home and then you say i have to practice all right this is what she wrote but i am telling you that i am doing the task of a mother they had a baby so i am doing the task of a mother and i am working in the kitchen as well what makes you think that you are not supposed to be helping around in the kitchen also so this person when he read the letter he said she is so right and if i want to have my wife back with me i got to help her around so he started taking the child out and helping in the kitchen now did you see this happiness of getting married to a superstar didn't last for long you have to tweak it again so the relationship has to be tweaked in this world most of the time so the happiness turns into sadness immediately i am very sad you know because he doesn't help around so i think he needs to help around a little bit so from happiness you go to sadness and from sadness once he helps around you go back to happiness happy sad happy sad happy sad it's a it's a yo yo you know can keep on swinging from here to there similarly one is the sad case and sometimes you are joyous when something really fantastic happens in you in your life the joy is oh i got a baby and the joy is immense they say and then every single day of your life for the next one year you don't get to sleep in the night or during the day and you have to clean the poop most of the time you know that joy which you had goes out of the window and you want to pull your hair out and you want to say you no know, why did i have this child in the first place but then it's so beautiful it's so lovely to have a baby now that you have it you can't murder it also so you are feeling nice about it there are no choices in your life do you understand this but 99% of the time when you go through your stresses and troubles and tensions and pain and whatever that is coming along with the marriage or along with the children or along with getting whatever designation that you have got you might become the world leader you might be designated as the secretary general for all i care it doesn't matter you understand you are sitting on a chair which has got thorns underneath 
it doesn't work the joy doesn't last for long the joy becomes sorrow very soon how many years you know we have been thinking oh good rains everything is going on so fine my business is booming i am doing well i am earning money and suddenly one day everything goes down what happened to your joy never existed it is a blip somewhere and that blip goes away so i hope you understood material worldly happiness material worldly joy is always full of pain now we will describe the word bliss bliss is equanimity a blissful person is having equanimity in mind if something bad happens he doesn't say that it is bad if something good happens he doesn't care a damn whether it is good he is in the center a centered person he doesn't feel that you know this happiness is there there is no happiness a blissful state is a state of being just being does it mean he is not going to get disturbed or not going to feel sad the disturbances are too many around this person a person who is full of bliss has got hundreds and thousands of disturbances going right round and yet he is not disturbed he is in a blissful state it is a peaceful state the material worldly person may have to go to a doctor to get his heart beat and all those checked up you know oh he's got a problem in his heart he's got this he's got that this person doesn't matter a blissful being has no such qualification whatsoever never he is not even concerned you may say does it mean he is not compassionate towards so many people dying nowadays well what has compassion got to be with anything it's a it's one of those feelings which are there but a blissful person will also have compassion not that he is not going to have but he is not going to be carried away by it and saying you know i got to save the world he is not going to say i got to save the world the simple answer which he gives is there is god he has created this situation if he has done this he is going to take care of it why do i have to be involved in god's action shankaracharya went through this state where he got disturbed this is early stage of his life now one day he was touched by a meat seller you know meat person who sells meat he was touched by a meat seller so he got angry with him and said you touched me now i have to go and take a bath the meat seller looks at him and says what are you saying sir how can i touch you you are the divine soul 
you are the jivatma you are that being can anybody touch that nobody can touch it so then why are you getting upset immediately shankaracharya realized whom he is talking to he is talking to shiva himself do you understand shiva himself so th- this is the condition the person is in he is always peaceful and blissful if he has to go and eat something he will eat that if he doesn't have anything to eat also he won't eat anything it really doesn't matter he is not bothered about fancy clothes he is not bothered about the worst clothes also he doesn't get carried away by the swings that are there in this world you know the swings which i am talking about oh i am wearing good clothes i am not wearing good clothes i'm eating good food this is the worst food ever he's not bothered about these two things he's not bothered about his the way he's dressed or the way he's going around the way he talks the way he sings he's not bothered such a kind of a being is very very difficult to find in the normal world but a devotee of god is exactly like this he is not swinging here or there because he is detached completely he is dispassionate about the whole thing and he can see krishna in everything this is how he is so why should he be feeling bad or feeling good so this condition where there is no swinging here and there is called a blissful state he is peaceful and he is blissful so if you can be this devotion is the easiest way so we have come to the end of verse 60 next time we will start verse 61 and yes next time we will be doing what is called as obstacles what are the obstacles that you have to overcome on the path of being madly in love and becoming a devotee so we will do that next time all right so yeah today is an important day finally people wished me today <laughs> i told them today is not a day for wishing you understand now most of the indians really have very little idea about good friday they think good friday must be g o o d you know g o o d very good it is not good sir <laughs> and it is not that just one person wish some others also wished me okay it, that is because indians really have no idea about jesus christ today is a day he was put on the cross yeah and when you hang your god on the cross i don't think you're going to be feeling good or happy about it all right so let us see Why is it that we Indians don't have any clue about Jesus Christ? Do you know that? We have a very interesting 
relationship with Jesus Christ. India especially has a very very interesting relationship with Jesus Christ. The 10 to 12 years that he disappeared, he was in India. Okay? He has traveled to some of the most important places in the spice route. India was very very important destination for anybody who traveled around the world. You can take a ship which was coming, a merchant ship and you could come to India. And he had come to India and if you go to Jagannath Puri, Puri, there is a very clear mention about Jesus coming and staying over there for more than three years and learning with the Indian Pandits. Okay. He learned all about Sanatan Dharma in India. So today I am going to tell you a story not about Jesus Christ but one of his apostles, disciple. Okay. On the path of devotion Jesus Christ just teaches love and devotion only. Please remember this. That path is of love and devotion. He says, love my father in heaven. We are telling you the same thing, a devotional path. So Jesus Christ, now yesterday was Monday, Thursday. Today it is Good Friday and two days from now it is going to be Easter Sunday. It so happened that one of his apostles was named as Didymus. Okay. And Didymus was one of the apostles who was instructed by Jesus Christ, the second the coming, when he came again. He said to him, go to India and go and teach over there. So Didymus came by ship to Malabar coast. You will find in Malabar, that is Kerala, there are lots of people who are the followers of Jesus Christ. They are the original people whom this Didymus, who is known by another name. I will tell you. So he taught everybody over there and then he went on teaching and then he went to Madras which is currently called as Chennai. But wherever he went naturally he was persecuted and in his persecution he took shelter in a place. Today that place is called Mount, you know, St. Thomas Mount. So St. Thomas Mount is this person, the St. Thomas that is there. There is St. Thomas Church below. Now St. Thomas is known for his, what he did to Jesus Christ. After Jesus rose from the dead and he came, he was not there the first time when he came. So when he came back again, same place to meet all his apostles, that time Thomas was there. So he asked the question, is this Jesus Christ? 
I want proof of it. So Jesus said to him, of course you can feel all this. <laughs> so he put his, his fingers in his side and tested out Jesus Christ. And that is the reason why the name Doubting Thomas is very much famous. <laughs> he was the apostle who doubted Jesus Christ. So we come back to Chennai now once again. So Saint Thomas, he was persecuted by a local king and there he was killed. But when he was hiding in that cave upstairs over there on the mountain, he was carving a statue. Hey, carving, uh, it's not a statue I should say. He was carving a cross. It's a wooden cross. And while he was carving it, suddenly it slipped. And that knife, you know, and it bled. And it bled on the place where Jesus Christ was bleeding. It is believed that you can see this blood even today. If your devotion and the love for God is so high for Jesus or St. Thomas, you can still see it. Some of his relics are still there. Next time you are in Chennai, kindly go and see this beautiful place. Though he may be called as a doubting Thomas, but he was one of the apostles who had direct entry into the second divine unmanifest. Remember this. Being an apostle and being of a close circle, there were certain jobs to be done, which he did, along with all the other apostles that were there. His name stands written in India as the one who brought Christianity over here. It is all about love and devotion for Jesus and from there who is the path to the Father in heaven. In the last so many lectures that I have given you in the last so many days, have I not told you this is the same Supreme Divine Consciousness which is called Father in heaven? So today I wanted to tell you the story of St. Thomas. So we will stop over here and I will see you all tomorrow. Take care of yourself. Stay at home.